Welcome to another episode of Overworked. So today we're talking about hustling, uh, what that means to us, and then what the actual definition is, because I actually didn't know what it meant. I just kind of used it on Instagram all the time. (laughs) You saw so many quotes and you were like, I must steal that. 100%. Let's get started. Well, it's hard to escape like the word hustle when you're in the startup and entrepreneurship world. Oh my gosh, it's everywhere. Everywhere. It's like the slogan for it. Yeah, if you want to be a startup, you have to hustle. Ugh. All the time. What does... Okay, so interpretation of hustle, what I thought it meant was just working hard. Like work hard, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I started my business two years ago. And for the most part of that two years, I have been of the mindset that I have to be hustling all the time. And the only way to be successful is if you're hustling from like morning to dark, like all through the night, there's no time for sleep. There's no time for anything. You have to be hustling to be successful. And even the concept of like side hustle and everything means that you do your nine to five job and then you go and spend the rest of your hours of your day hustling and doing this extra job. Um, And I think it's a really um, toxic mindset because it kind of makes you think that if you want to be successful, you have to be working all the time when in reality, that is the ultimate way to burn out very, very quickly. People make you feel bad if you're not doing that as well, which is the worst part. It's like, oh, you're taking a break. You're taking a holiday and you're not working through it. Oh, but I worked through my holiday. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Worst. You, so. can't, you can't switch off. And it's like, because then you see like all your Instagram influencers and they're like hustling by the side of the pool with like their laptop in one hand and a pina colada in the other. Just unfollow those people. Unfollow every single one of them. Yeah. Unless it's me. Don't unfollow me. <laughs> Why are you working? You shouldn't be working. <laughs> always hustling. But- <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I hate the word, but I always hustle. I'm just always <laughs> hustling. Um. It just, it, it sets the standard for really, really bad culture because people feel like they always have to be working all the time. Mm. And that's kind of what this podcast is about. This idea of being able to integrate life and work and not having to feel like you have to work all the time because that is a surefire way to burn out really, really quickly. And what is burnout? burnouts that point you get to after you've crossed the line of really really stressed I think so when everything seems to be going crazy like work might be really crazy leading up to the end of financial year um but when it's October and you're still feeling stressed and you're still getting migraines and you kind of feel like you are sleeping two hours a night because there's too much to do I think that's verging on burnout don't you think yeah I think there's a fine line between stressed and burnout And I think it's hard for people to identify what that is for them because when you're super stressed and you're overworked, you kind of feel bad if you're not performing at that. Like, so end of financial year, obviously everyone's working to like their 110%, like if that's even possible. Um, And if they're not, they're made to feel like 
they're lazy. Yeah. And I think that's a really poor culture because we should support people to take breaks. We should support people to enjoy their holidays and not switch on and turn off their phones at night so that they don't get pinged by random messages. Yeah, definitely. But I think it's it's like you either have to be one or the other. You either have to be working and hustling all the time or you're lazy. Like you, there's no middle ground. And I think that there should. But there isn't. Burnout can be anywhere. Like burnout exists in all workplaces, but in all individuals. But we, um, it's very prominent in particular industries. Yeah. So, you know, teaching and nursing, um, doctors probably as well, lawyers, definitely. Definitely. Um, but yeah, entre- entrepreneurship isn't um, excluded from that. And But I think they view it in a different way because it's harder for them to separate what work and life is, If particularly if you work at home or if you work multiple jobs. It is very difficult to separate that. And then where that stress comes from is difficult to pinpoint. Yeah. And like I've talked about a bit before, it's really hard for me to separate who I am and who my business is because, I mean, it's my business. It's my baby, you know. Um, so I feel like every single entrepreneur that I've ever talked to has a similar thing. Like they can't separate the two, which means that if their business is particularly pressing, they can't switch off. Like it's hard for entrepreneurs to take a holiday unless it's on a cruise where you haven't got internet. It's it's hard for us to go home and have a glass of wine and sit down and just watch Married at First Sight without worrying about what's happening on our emails and stuff like that. Um, and, but entrepreneurs call it, call it hustling, whereas nurses and teachers and stuff, that's called working. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's, that's just their job and like both might see it differently, but it's both contributing to, uh, that burnout that eventually happens if you don't kind of manage yourself and manage your time efficiently enough. Mm. I think there's lots of different factors that contribute to burnout. Like I was talking about just before, like, you know, your life factors can contribute to the stress that you feel at work. Um, But also the like lack of managerial support or resources that contributes to a burnout. Um, If you're not enjoying your job or if it doesn't give you meaning, that also contributes to it. Uh, And the workload as well, obviously. I mean, I felt burnt out even though I wasn't at full capacity and... Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I've always wondered like... And that's why I think it it's what I kind of understand to be like emotional burnout. Like yeah. it was all the factors like I had a really terrible boss. So I really had work that wasn't meaningful. I had... Um, I did have good friends, but like my skill set wasn't being utilized so then I kind of felt like what what am I even doing in this role so I think that's how I felt burnt out and my key identifier I always talk about it is I know that 
I don't belong in a workplace when I find myself crying in the bathroom, like randomly, like no joke. Like I'm like washing my hands and I'm like, holy shit, I'm crying. Oh, this is, this is happening. Okay. We gone there. Okay. And, uh, like that for me is like, okay, this, I like, I need to get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. So is that your way to avoid or defeat burnout would be to find a way to leave? So I wouldn't recommend just being like, oh, I'm going to leave the job. I I don't blame people for leaving. But if you have a good manager and you can speak to them, I would highly recommend talking to them about what you're feeling and having a discussion with them about that so that they can help to support you. If you don't have a good manager, rely on the, the support network that you have, excluding your manager. So peers, colleagues, even stakeholders, those people can help you to kind of get meaning from your work. So you might not have a good manager, but if you get meaning from your work and you're motivated and that's the key driver, I think that'll play a differential part in how overwhelmed you feel when it is stressful. Um, Because you can kind of see through all of that. Like you might feel like all this work is so overwhelming but if i've got an end goal and i can see the value that i'm adding to the end customer or the organization that will kind of pull you through but because i didn't have that like i was all it was always going to be downhill like there was no cultural alignment for what i was looking for and what they could deliver me that's such a good point that makes sense when you're working in an organization but I think it can be applied to people that own their own businesses as well because it does get hard and like having those expectations and getting burnt out is really really common uh, when you do run your own business Um, but I think just bringing it back and focusing on why you started it in the first place is really really important I actually never thought of it like that but I think that's a really interesting point because you started a business for a reason. No one just wakes up in the morning and is like, hmm, just going to start my own business this morning. I'm going to go through hell. I'm going to like. <laughs> like, it's not an easy road and um, people don't just do it for the sake of it and people don't stick to it um, if they aren't taking it seriously. So I think just stripping it all back and taking away everything, all the factors, taking away the annoying micromanaging clients and the technological difficulties and everything like that and really focusing on why you started in the first place I think is really really important to um, kind of getting over that burnout and if that means taking a couple of days off yeah oh oh my goodness I totally recommend mental health days like if you're feeling overwhelmed and it should be widely accepted in the workplace oh my gosh yes mental health work days are so important because if you continue down the path that you're on and you've acknowledged that you're burning out and you've told people that you're burning out and they're not supporting you, it's probably an indicator that you should get out of there, <laughs> but you should just take the mental, you should take a sick day. Your mental health comes first. Yeah. Like it, it, yeah. this is the self-care thing. And if they're not going to, if they're not willing to look after you, then you need to look after yourself. 100%. Because you're not going to be performing at the standard that they want if you're not looking after yourself and you're not feeling 100%. And if you're feeling burnt out, 
you're not going to deliver. Like it's a, it's a cycle that's just going to get worse and worse and worse if you don't take that time for yourself to kind of recenter and recharge <laughs> and re. I was like, what's the, <laughs> what's the next reword you're coming up with? I thought you were going to quit it after. <laughs> Everything comes in threes. I was trying to come up with a three. <laughs> I was really impressed. I thought you were going to be like, recycle. <laughs> there is much more to life than that component. And... Sometimes it's difficult to recognize that because we're all, it's kind of um, embedded in society that you should focus on your career, you should have a good career. And yeah, so true. Growing up through school, the education system tells us that, you know, what is your career? What's your career choice? Let's do this test so we can find out what is the best suitable job for you. Yeah. And there's all this pressure placed on people to perform in their job but it's not about understanding what is the meaning of that job and understanding what it is that they want to give back to the community or society or people around them and I think that conversation needs to be changed because yes you go into a career but what is it that that career gives you yeah and what can you give it as well yeah I um I work with university students and one of the main things that I ask them in the first week that I see them I what's your name what do you want to be when you grow up and more often than not probably 80% of the time they'll be like I don't know and I'm like cool that's wonderful you're okay that like that's more than okay I didn't know what I wanted to be either I still don't know what I want to be <laughs> um but take this time in university to um, explore what your values are and explore what you want to give back and explore what you want to bring to the world because that's going to drive what you want to be when you grow up. And so I think pre- placing more emphasis on kind of those core beliefs and values. And we talk about values so much, but I think they're really, really important yeah, to know are. and yeah. identify because um, they drive everything that you do. Well, they should drive everything that you 100% do. 100% should drive. But if you don't know what they are, or if you're not aware of it and you you've can't. not spent your time focusing on it how are you supposed to do anything with it um so yeah I totally emphasize to all of my students to find out what you value and what you want to bring back um before identifying what your career is going to be I think that's a good question to ask your students because university is a shaping experience like it's not like you go in thinking okay this degree is about psychology excellent I'm on I'm a graduate as a psychologist. Wrong. <laughs> yes, you have the skills of a psychologist, but you you have to go through the process of, you know, the shitty teamwork and the collaboration and understanding what you're good at and then failing at things and realizing, okay, maybe that's not the Gosh, right Failing thing. is so important. And you need to know what you're not good at and why you failed and reflect on it. Wow. Ah. <laughs> For anybody who hasn't listened to our previous podcasts, Gabby hates reflection. (laughs) So the fact that she just suggested that you guys should reflect is amazing. (laughs) That is step one in this 10-step process. Yeah. yeah. We'll get you to... uh, Stay tuned for step two. (laughs) (laughs) What's step two? 
reflecting yourself? Or reflecting. Or is that like step eight? <laughs> Probably like. Oh, there is actually a process of reflecting on reflection. No. Yeah. Why? Dude, ask psychologists. I don't know why. Oh, that's so dumb. Yeah. I, I can't remember what it's called, but I did an assignment on it and I was like, this is this, this is hectic stupid. <laughs> but of course, we do it. <laughs> it back to hustling um we use it so much and we've just had like a full 20 minute conversation about it um but has anyone actually looked up the definition what does it even mean oh it's not a rhetorical question no just kidding i actually have it up okay so hustle is a verb can be used to say push roughly obtain illicitly or by forceful action as a noun it is a state of great activity or fraud or swindle so it pretty much sounds illegal <laughs> yeah so i don't know how hustle became a term that is used positively and i totally misconstrued it yeah i totally wouldn't have said that that would be the definition ever like if you had told me or asked me to define hustle i would have said work hard yeah i think that's what most people would have said I can see how people would misinterpret it. Uh, it's a big jump. It's a bit like swindling money from you. and it's like, But actually, it means hard work. I'm just working hard to take your money. <laughs> it's kind of like China, Chinese whispers, though. I'm sure it was used originally in like ancient Greek. <laughs> <And> can't, then... <laughs> can't really be Chinese whispers when you can just Google what it means, right? Like, it's not like hustle uh, was an olden day term that now no, is popular. It's um it's only just come up as kind of one of those words like innovation and mm, yeah buzzwords buzzwords like hustle is a buzzword 100%. right yeah but the point of us talking about hustling and the true meaning is that we watched fire festival on the weekend and it was mind blowing yeah because that shit was like the real hustle and not in a good way yeah like it's the real definition of hustle. So Fire Festival, if you have not watched it, is um, essentially a story about a true story about a guy called Billy McFarlane. And he partnered with Ja Rule, who you guys may or may not know. And they initially had this idea for an app that would enable people to book artists, which, um, you know, it would be clear about what the prices are and all that kind of stuff. And it it made it more accessible to anybody. But that idea kind of turned into having like a launch festival and that would have been called Fire Festival. Um, It was hyped up to be, you know, one of the most amazing uh, festivals ever. Blink-182 was going to go and it was going to be hosted on this remote island. They kept talking about Pablo Escobar's island. I'm going to fly people in. They're going to have cabanas. It was going to be hectic. And all these instagram influencers started posting um orange squares on their instagram and that kind of built this hype around what fire festival was nobody actually knew what it was i think but they sold like 90 percent of their tickets it is a is incredible like Like ridiculous the, the power that instagram influencers have in controlling what people spend their money on yeah. is insane. I'm so not surprised. It's crazy. So there's people like Bella Hadid and mm-hmm. 
Kylie Jenner, I think, was yeah. there, who um, who essentially then kind of played into the hype of what Fire Festival was. So people, like Gabby said, 90% of tickets were sold out. People were really excited for what was to come. But what they actually got on the day was nothing like it. It was like leftover hurricane survivor tents with blow-up mattresses and it was just pretty much like you paid a thousand dollars for like two dollars worth of stuff yeah like you could have gone to kmart and gotten better quality stuff than what they got yeah but kmart is hectic so good that is totally the definition of hustle in the fraudulent sense yeah because that guy billy actually went to jail for fraud but the way that he has done it or the way he did it was interesting because he is essentially moving money around so i'm not surprised he went away for fraud but he set these expectations for people that he was going to deliver the most amazing experience he had instagram influencers having parties on these boats like where is the line between hustling which is what you know working hard and convincing people to buy into what you're selling yeah versus not meeting expectations <laughs> completely <laughs> and willingly doing it when you know that you will never ever meet their expectations yeah like what do you think one line that they used in the movie docket um was that they were selling a vision and i think that is kind of the difference like people were investing in something that actually didn't exist but they didn't know it didn't exist at the point so i think um being transparent is really important um because people want to know what they're investing into like obviously people are willing to like drop thousands of dollars if job rules there yeah blink 182 yeah um but I think they um the biggest thing that kind of stood out to me because social media um was that they started deleting all the negative comments on Instagram. Oh, so yeah. people started like asking for help because they were sending emails to the contact thing and no one was replying. And so they were commenting on Instagram being like, Can you please help me? I don't know where to book flights to and stuff like that and no one was replying. They were just deleting comments. And I think, like, being transparent and being honest is so important for success if you want to do anything. What's the difference, though? So you were just talking about, you know, selling a vision. What's the difference between that experience and people trying to sell like a hacked together version of what they're trying to sell. I think reputation is important as well. The people that were involved with the fire festival had no idea what it was. Like, I think that is the big red flag. Like people were like, Oh, what is this? And they're like, I don't know, but come along, buy a ticket. (laughs) And it's like, whereas I feel like successful startups where that are, selling kind of mock-ups and kind of just hack together versions of what it actually will be they're backed up by 
credible sources and credible companies and companies that already have a reputation. I think that's where success comes from, having that um, backed up. I mean, he was backed by Ja Rule, you know. He'll be like, oh, he's famous, so obviously he knew what he's talking about. Wrong. But I think what I believe to be the difference is that they've set expectations. If you've got an MVP, you tell people you've got an MVP. Yeah. So you go, you know, this is just this is just the hack together version and be open and honest about where the faults are because then you're communicating that you know where the faults are and that you will address them when you receive the next round of funding or when you get some capital injection into your yeah. business. So I think that's the difference. Whereas the expectations for Fire Festival were set so high, but he knew that yeah. he would probably only be able to deliver a very low level of whatever he was going to deliver. I thought the marketing slash social media strategy was gold. Holy shit, it was so good. Like, I mean, I'm not condoning what he did, but holy moly, he like hit that nail on the head. Like, if anyone wants social media ideas on what to do with Instagram, like... Like, he just targeted rich kids. Yeah. And they were like, take my money. He knew exactly what kind of influencers would reach the target audience. And, like, even on the show, people are like, I don't know why he targeted me, but I bought a ticket. And I'm like, well, that's why he targeted you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, they would have been, like, early adopter type people, right? Mm. They'd be like, yeah, okay, whatever. Whereas yeah. I am definitely not. I'm in the middle of the pack. I'm like, yep. wait to see. Good reviews. Like, I won't even update my iPhone until it's been a couple of weeks. And then I'm like, it's trustworthy. It won't break my phone. Excellent. I can upgrade it now. Yep, yeah, totally. Yeah, so I, that impressed me. And so, yeah. Social media. Social media. Although not the crisis management part that was not well done i'm like bro <laughs> you need a real social media manager one of the number one rules is don't delete comments <laughs> just answer them yeah it's like when you get bad google reviews you always need to respond to them yeah if they don't leave a comment then you you can even just say oh i'm so sorry that we weren't able to assist if you could provide like some commentary about what we did wrong then we can improve like it it's just the fact that you're trying yeah to be better and okay if someone leaves a star review with no comments don't trust that shit yeah no because it's either like laziness or accidental <laughs> yeah so today we have covered hustling what it means what we thought it meant in terms of working hard and then how that plays into burnout for anybody. And we've also talked about the real definition of hustling. So we all thought it was one thing. We all thought it meant working hard, but it actually is all about fraud. So we talked about how uh, hustling can be seen perfectly in the example of Fire Festival um, and what we can learn from that, good and bad. 10 out of 10 summary. Noise. I'm pretty hungry. So and I. with that, 
we're off to trivia tonight so we'll catch you next week (laughs) bye (laughs) bye I was really impressed. I thought you were going to be like, recycle. (laughs) (laughs) Reuse, recycle. (laughs) Don't do that. That is not a good way to get over that burnout. No, recycling doesn't really help you. But it helps the environment. It does. Do that. Anyway, every day. Like, do we even know what innovation means anymore? I'm not looking that. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> That's not the point of this podcast. That's not the point. <laughs> this not podcast the point. has become a dictionary.com. We just read out buzzwords <laughs> and we just tell you the meaning so yeah. that you are well informed to go on your day. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah.